You are listening to The Political Periscope, a weekly podcast brought to you by Radio WNET. Interviews on international politics, security, geopolitics, economy and more. Every Thursday at 7 p.m. Today's guest of The Political Periscope is Ruslan Linchenko, one of the co-founders of the Stop Fake Initiative. Political Periscope. 24th of February this year was the day of Russian invasion, but the war mm, hasn't started on this day. The war has been going on for years and uh, war in many aspects, also info war. That's true. And we do not separate the on the ground war which actually started on the 24th of uh, February this year, I mean, full-scale invasion, and the information war. And uh, we, as a stop fake, as a project that monitors Russian media, we've been observing Russian information war. It's part of the hybrid war against Ukraine, and not just against Ukraine, but the, the whole world and the European Union for many many years actually we started our activities our uh stop fake activities in 2014 in march of 2014 when uh, uh russian efforts to seize parts of ukraine like crimea donbars were launched by the russian government and we can tell that monitoring uh basically watching russian television uh just watching russian television you can see what's on the on the mind of of putin putin's mind uh what really kremlin wants because it's uh russian television it's for me it looks like a reflection of uh, of putin's mind so very often you can predict the future you can predict what what's going to happen And uh, the war, information war against Ukraine started long before 2014. Russian media started to brainwash Ukrainians and uh, their own citizens uh, many, many years before that date. And they still do. We, we are persuaded and we are absolutely sure that Russia uses its media as an extension of its foreign policy. So it's uh, the same weapon as uh, as the Russian army, as the Russian cyber army, and they use all these efforts against their enemies in different ways. And in this hybrid war, uh, not only Ukraine is a side, uh, also Europe, also Poland, um, But, uh, well, there is this maybe dualism in Russian propaganda. What's the difference between uh, Russian propaganda, which is targeted towards its own citizens, and Russian propaganda, which is targeted outside? Uh, of course, Russian propaganda works not just with Ukrainians. And uh, they, their first target is their own population. And uh, they bombard their own population with uh, different sets of messages. Uh, first of all, they created the 
ecosystem. So Russian population, they are kind of in the information bubble. No one can reach Russians without uh, permission of Kremlin. Uh, they, their television is uh, under total control of Kremlin. Uh, electronic media and all media in Russia, almost all media in Russia, who media who has at, at least a little bit of, of influence, a little bit of uh, the audience, they're all under control of um, Russian government and Russian proxies. And uh, first of all, they uh, when they needed in 2014, they created a huge number of stories to to make ukrainians look uh, like uh, enemies like nazis like fascists who are who wants who want to kill uh, russian speaking population who want to eliminate russian speaking population in ukraine um in ukraine from 2014 they start they they wanted to to persuade people that Russia and Ukraine are close friends, and uh, we need to to have the uh, joint future, joint economy, joint currency, because it's uh, in our uh, in our interest, in interest of Ukrainians and the interest of Russians. There is no need for Ukrainians to have any ties with the European Union, of course, with the NATO membership is, uh, is absolutely not acceptable. So this is the narratives that they try to, to push here in Ukraine. Of course, in European countries, the set of these narratives, it's a little bit different, and it's different from country to country. It's in Poland, it, it might be uh, different th from ones in in Serbia or in Bulgaria, and they they use very very specific sets of narratives for each country for each market. Uh, in uh, in Latin America, they they use anti American uh, anti United States narratives. In the European Union. Uh, they they can use anti-migration narratives so they are pretty smart and the, i i would like that's that's why they they were effective but again we do our best and not just our organization but many organizations who try to resist russian disinformation campaigns and propaganda we 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 would like to make these efforts of russia to be not so effective we we want to this weapon they created and they invested billions of dollars uh will not be as effective as they expect you said that russian live in uh, information bubble that the russian propaganda created this bubble uh however due to thanks to the internet uh, we have uh, unlimited access to information and uh, can we justify the ignorance of population of the society uh, in 21st century? Well, still, uh, it's very easy for most of Russian citizens, of Russian people, just turn on TV and watch the and, and consume information from 
Russian TV federal networks. And you need to do some efforts to, to get some other sources of information. You need to have some kind of VPNs. Uh, of course, uh, Facebook is, uh, is banned now in, uh, in Russia. And, uh, so they have limited access to sources of information and those who would like to get this information, they need to do some things to, to, to get this access. But, um, uh, well, it's, it's obvious for us this, that most of Russians, they, they get information either from, uh, Kremlin controlled TV networks or from Kremlin controls online media. So now question, because there is this ongoing debate. Should we look or are there any good Russians? Uh, and, uh, well, according to what you're saying, they seem to be victims of the regime. And that's one of the narratives, uh, which is widespread, widely spread that they are, in fact, victims of Putin. And they are not responsible for his actions for the war, for example. Uh, I would say that they are both victims and they are active members of these uh, crimes that uh, Russia commits in Ukraine. Uh, because, well, it's still there is an option for most of them to get access to fair and truthful information. They just prefer to, to stay uninformed or pretend they don't care, uh, or pretend they, they trust, uh, Russian propaganda. So I think it's a kind of a two way process. Uh, of course, Kremlin exploits the, this, uh, wish of Russian population to, to uh, restore the Russian Empire, to restore the Soviet Union. So that's why, that's one of the reasons why Russian propaganda that target Russians is so effective, because they, uh, they use this wish of uh, Russians to restore these old good times, all good, good times in, uh, uh, that they understand in their understanding uh and uh well that's that's why it's so effective i can understand and i think it's understandable in some way that people in russia believe their propaganda uh, they are really soaked in it and and uh, it requires effort to not believe it uh however many people in europe uh, in the united states uh, they also follow rt or sputnik and they believe um, russian propaganda they don't believe mainstream media why uh it might be different reasons of course there there are a lot of people who tend to believe even the most incredible stories uh about bill gates uh george soros who controlled this covid uh epidemic or created this covid uh so very often as i said russian propaganda uses the weaknesses of uh societies in the european countries in the united states and uh, the problems that of course exist uh to to target with this very very 
specific into very well-crafted sets of messages. So again, that's why uh, they have a, a very significant audiences in different countries that have uh, have not uh, limit who who have not limited access of their people to to the information. So people in Poland or people in Bulgaria or Serbia, of course, they have a, a very wide range of uh, inf- uh, access to to different sources of information. But uh, they they choose these specific ones. I mean, Russian sources or Russian supported sources. Yes, but th- that's the thing I, I cannot really understand. Why people choose Russian sources or Russian supported, supported uh, sources? Why uh, they choose sources that are um, even like hostile against their own countries? Um, well, <laughs> again, they... Uh there there are problems in uh, in european countries of course now it's inflation high energy prices uh people are not satisfied with all these uh, topics so these uh, russian media they provide their own explanation of uh, the reason why these problems exist and uh, some people tend to believe it uh well no because well not all the people have the 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 same level of critical thinking and uh some people they when they see uh kind of a very easy solution for some sophisticated problems they think oh it's so easy let's have a deal with russia and all our problems will be solved the same moment and uh unfortunately not or fortunately not so it's uh well <laughs> propaganda is an, is an effective tool and uh russians use this tool pretty pretty much effective that's why it works that's why uh the tv networks and uh, sources of information they created or support in european countries or other countries they have a significant audience who tend to believe what they saw on russian television you said propaganda is an effective tool but there are tools to fight it how to fight propaganda how to fight disinformation yeah of course there is no universal solution of course for for each country because there are different conditions in Ukraine in Poland and uh, Serbia Bulgaria France and Germany but uh, well we do fact checking so we try to ruin reputation of russian media as a reliable source of information for almost nine years we are in this business i think we made russian disinformation and propaganda machine look uh ugly look stupid and funny so now even if uh, russian tv networks suddenly decide to to tell truth and nothing by the truth no no one will trust them because in ukraine for example russian media is uh, just another word for 
uh, for lies, deception, disinformation. So, but we of course understand that fact checking is uh, is not enough to 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 fight propaganda, uh, media literacy. Uh, of course, sometimes limiting access to these harmful TV networks is a, is a very good solution. Uh, let me remind you that in 2014 and 2015, Ukraine decided to, to ban all Russian TV networks and all Russian uh, social platforms like Vkontakte, Adnaklasniki and, and many other services because well, it was, uh, um, it's, well, we can compare it with, uh, with a disease. Uh, you, you need, sometimes you need to isolate the person to, to save his life. So I think that is what happened in Ukraine when we banned, uh, Russian television and Russian social platforms. So sometimes these very strict measures are needed. Maybe not in all European countries, but I think in some European countries, uh, it, it might be effective. Uh, for example, the, some social platforms like Facebook, like YouTube, uh, they use, uh, different approaches of how they can resist, uh, of Russian disinformation. Uh, Facebook, for example, they hired uh, independent fact checkers who mark disinformation. So people who were exposed to disinformation, not just Russian, but different kind of disinformation, uh, they will be informed that what you just read is not true. And please, uh, read this article, which explained what, what really happened. So I think it, it might be a very effective way to inform people about disinformation, about uh, real facts. Um, some platforms like YouTube, they just completely eliminate the uh, channels that produce and disseminate harmful disinformation. I think it, it's another way to, to resist, to isolate our people, uh, from these harmful, harmful threats. It, I think it's a good moment to, present to our listeners uh, a bit the stop fake initiative well uh, we, we are a very small team we have around uh, 10 fact checkers and uh, on a daily basis we watch russian television russian social uh, platforms and uh, messengers and we detect potentially harmful disinformation when we can prove that this is not true and present our readers persuade persuasive evidence we write an explanation article and uh, as i said uh, based on our cooperation with facebook facebook based on our findings they mark disinformation on their platforms uh we do a lot of things in media literacy we helped our ministry of education to create a media literacy classes in our schools uh, we do a lot of trainings for different type of audiences for students for prof university professors for diplomats and uh, intelligence people so for many many people so we help them to detect and uh, 
basically not be influenced by this information. And of course, all this evidence, we have collected more than 50,000 pieces of evidence. We recently transferred to Ukrainian police who investigates the harmful activities of Russian media. So basically, we collected this huge collection and we hope that this collection will be an evidence, not just in the judicial prosecution of uh, those involved in these activities in Ukraine, but also international courts will... uh, so we will see the international courts punish these people because we think it it might be and should be a very important lesson for the future generations of journalists not to repeat this pattern, not to to use media as a as a weapon, but use it as it, it isn't intended to be as a medium to inform people to make our lives better but not to fuel conflicts and fuel wars in ukraine uh, the situation is quite clear you're in the state of war you're protecting yourself from russia so um, law enforcement using law enforcement against disinformation uh, seems uh, quite appropriate. However, in Europe, uh, in um, most uh, democratic states in the world, um, there is always this fear that uh, the, the, the line between fighting disinformation and limiting the freedom of speech uh, is uh, very easy to be crossed. So, how to manage it? How to What can we do and what shouldn't we do? Uh, when are we abusing the, the, the law? Why, when are we already limiting the freedom of speech? And why, when are we only fighting disinformation? You are absolutely right that there is a huge temptation of different players can use propaganda and disinformation as a tool uh in order to to reach their own goals to to defeat opposition or to uh to get power and uh what i i would tell you that again there is no universal solution for and each country should decide what they can do in order to uh protect their countries from being influenced by any types of propaganda either internal or external and to not to to li- the same time to limit the freedom of uh, of information of freedom of press so that the 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 my answer would be just not ignore this problem uh because uh, the propaganda might work it might not be visible all the time and uh you th- you think that it does not exist in your country or it is not a potential harm in your country but just one day you can wake up in the morning and see that people on the street with machine gal- guns are killing each other because someone persuaded them to to hate each other because of different language they speak different uh, churches they go or the different uh, race they belong So again, do not ignore this problem and uh, try to find a unique solution for for each country, for each market. And of course, there are some efforts that 
together the European countries, the European Union might do, it will be very effective and it will be even more effective if, uh, uh, if the only every country will do something by by themselves mentioned it um, in in your other um, answers to my questions but um, let's summarize how did the war change the attitude of society in ukraine towards the russian propaganda how um, did it uh, influence the the, um, the position of society and uh, maybe their um, knowledge about it well of course uh, the war changed a lot and i think that uh, in ukraine now uh, almost no citizens who, who who trust russian media and who trust putin and kremlin uh no illusions about uh, russian intention to destroy our country to uh, to destroy our sovereignty and independence uh it changed everything and uh two or three years ago pro-russian propaganda still existed and it was it might influence a certain number of ukrainians certain number of people now uh there is no pro-russian propaganda targeted targets ukrainians uh they targeted ukrainians with uh, absolutely different sets of messages uh with um, uh that our political uh, elites they betrayed ukrainians that uh, uh they they want to make our society weaker uh our fight against russia weaker they try to fuel conflicts between uh our president and our military people military commander between our opposition and uh, our government but no pro-russian propaganda anymore so they just destroyed uh well there, it will i would say that almost all ukrainians will hate russia kremlin and everything connected to russia for many many years if not generations to end what can everyone in their um, daily life do to protect themselves from propaganda and disinformation uh yes uh it's a, it's a good question and uh, of course we understand that it's impossible that every single citizen becomes a fact checker you cannot fact check everything you consume everything you see on tv or uh hear on, on the radio so for me what i recommend to to regular people to first of all to select the reliable sources of information and to be critical all the time consuming information uh, it's again it's uh like with restaurant if you go to the restaurant and uh, the restaurant served you food that 
poisoned you. There is no chance you go to this restaurant another time, right? So the same with the sources of information. If someone lied to you from uh, a telegram channel or a certain website, and not corrected this mistake, not, not apologized. So just forget about this source of information. Again, choosing this source of information is, uh, is number one recommendation for, for regular citizens. And, uh, well, do not like or share information you see on social platforms when you are not exactly sure that this is true and this is a reliable source of information so this is another recommendation so in this case you will not help those who produce this information uh to disseminate it because very often these players who produce this information they they need some action from the regular citizens. So they produce this disinformation and they expect that people start to, to share it, to send each other in messengers. Uh, that's why this information is exposed to a very large number of people. Do not do it. This is uh, another recommendation. And of course, time by time, go to our website stopfake.org and read what we have already debunked uh what is not true we have a special section on our website with tools where we explain how regular citizens regular people can be fact checkers by themselves and we have a lot of recommendation on how consume information and how how to not to allow anyone to brainwash you and to, to, to use you as a tool to, to disseminate this information. Thank you very much. Thank you. This was The Political Periscope. The podcast is released every Thursday at 7 p.m. 